I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. G'day, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Excellent. We've got a brand new streaming system. It's very exciting. Uh, I just want to quickly say big thanks to our Patreon supporters, uh, Chris Ebeling and Tim Tumor, who signed up this week uh, to support Patreon. To support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear. Another way you can support Irrational Fear is to offset the carbon emissions from your car with Go Neutral for every $90 sticker. Go Neutral will carbon offset 3.5 tonnes, um, which is incredible. And then five bucks comes to us. And since we've started the partnership, Lewis, we have actually gotten 11 people to offset the carbon emissions from their car. That's 38 tonnes of carbon thanks to this podcast. Gone. That That is amazing. Um, fixed. I'll take that, <laughs> Paris Accord. <laughs> we do have about 3,000 people that do listen to this. So, you know, if they all did it, um, we'd, we'd be able to pull out, you know, 10,000 tonnes of carbon. That's great. That's really great. And then we just need enough money to be able to afford a Zoom membership and then we'll be all good. (laughs) Uh, To go neutral, click on the links in the show notes. Uh, I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal land in the Yoran Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum and Section 44. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, a New Yorker writer was suspended over allegations of masturbating on a Zoom call, but according to insiders, he was just after a raise. And ABC journalist Laura Tingle is forced to apologise after labelling Scott Morrison smug on Twitter because ABC editorial style insists that when labelling the Prime Minister smug, it must be followed by... And with the launch of the new Sasha Baron Cohen movie today, health authorities are warning that Borat voice will begin to spread. When asked if Borat voice had infected anyone yet, a senior health official answered, My wife. It's Friday, the 23rd of October, and everything is very nice. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear.
Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former Vatican City, Cardinal Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's a writer, performer, comedian, director. You may know her from her appearances on Utopia, Tonightly and The Chaser Podcast, or you may have just seen her jokes about calm on social media. It's Nina Oyama. Hello. Welcome, Nina. How's it going? Oh, it's great. It's really great to have you. I didn't know who it was going to be. Like, I was, like, waiting for the credits to roll because so, it was good to be either of us. Like, I was yeah. watching the yeah. credits space being like, who is it? Who is it? If this guy's us both. It's pretty much the same. She's one of Australia's funniest people, though she was born in New Zealand, but thankfully she's chosen one of our people to breed with. From Tonightly and Drunk History, it's comedian, satirist and filmmaker Greta Lee Jackson. G'day, Daniel. G'day, Lewis. G'day, Nina. It's great to have you G'day, girls here. G'day, Greta. And G'day, Greta. It's uh, it's just, we feel I feel particularly Brady Bunch today. I, I think normally with like our old Zoom system when we could afford it, it was like much more in a line, and now we're all in a little box together. And I feel like we just need Alice to yeah, wave out in the middle. Child. Oh, yeah. you've never you've never graduated to grid mode, Lewis. There is I've a special button where you can you can have a Brady Bunch look on Zoom too. I, ah. no, I don't want to know about options. You know what I mean? I had my thing. <laughs> Uh, really? Is- I'm the opposite. I'm out here changing my background, you know, <laughs> causing causing a ruckus, changing my screen name to Stupid Slut and then going into a work meeting. <laughs> yeah, you should work at the New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> then that, no, I would have to change my screen name to Stupid Wanker, I believe. <laughs> no, Nina, don't do it. Don't, no, Nina. Nina, Nina, no. Nina, no. For those listening at home, Nina has tilted her camera down and is a... Putting your hand down their pants—it's a real Giuliani situation here. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Sorry, go- sorry, sorry. I, I thought I was on um mute. I thought I was. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, coming up, uh, we have the fearsome fears, but also a little later on, we're going to be talking to Tiano Tionono. He's a Greens MP who just won a seat in the New Zealand election at Palmerston North. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be asking him why New Zealand Labor insists on spelling their name correctly and how we could all move to New Zealand. But first of all, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Alan Jones is back in the news. Not only did he go on Sky this week and say that COVID-19 wasn't a pandemic, but he's actually suing our friends at the feed. Have you guys seen this for defamation? Yeah. Do you guys want to say anything or just leave it up to me? You yeah, know, I don't I want to get one. sued, so I might just I might just step back on this one. Well, let's know. say that Alan Jones had something to say about this a little earlier on this week. Good morning, everyone. Yes, it is true. I'm suing SBS for defamation. What? I hear you ask. SBS? You can't be defamed if there's only three people watching TV and they can't speak English. Oh, I totally agree with you there, hypothetical listener. But their little skit went on the internet with a potential audience of 7 billion. In the video, so-called comedian Alex Lee portrayed me as a misogynist, racist and a liar. Now, Miss Lee, who happens to be an Asian woman, mind you, is totally wrong. Now, let me tell you something. Just because I go around saying misogynistic things doesn't make me a misogynist. Would a misogynist insist that a woman prime minister be put in a chaff bag and be thrown out to sea? Yes. But also, can't someone who isn't a misogynist suggest that too? Unlikely, but it's a possibility. And just because I incited the largest ever race riot in Australian history, it doesn't make me a racist. If anything, I'm pro-race. More races, the merrier. I have a long history of loving races, particularly the Everest, the richest horse race in Australia. (laughs) And let me tell you, just because I constantly lie about climate change doesn't make me a liar. I'm telling you my truth, and my truth is the opposite of whatever the fact are. If the scientists say it's climate change, they're wrong. 
If the medical experts say it's a pandemic, they're wrong. If the musicologists say that Anthony Clear is overrated, oh, they are so wrong. Oh, what a voice. Ah. So let this be a warning to any tree-hugging comedians out there. If I'm a racist, misogynist liar, then my name isn't Alan Jones. <laughs> I'm Alan Jones. <laughs> there we go. Alan Jones, thank you very I much. I can't believe you haven't been sued for... Your impersonation of Alan Jones. Maybe it's You've just... You've been doing it your entire career, Dan, and and he just hasn't given a fuck. I've been trying. I think it's the only way I can get listeners to this podcast is to be sued, and no one's done it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, well, let's get on with the fears. First fear tonight. Uh, yesterday at Senate Estimates, the CEO of Australia Post admitted that she gave four senior staff watches valued at $3,000 each because they worked very hard. The CFO couldn't confirm if the gifts were purchased on the company credit card, but he could confirm they didn't pay for postage. Uh, executives need a watch to tell the time. For many executives at Australia Post, the time is to shred documents. That's what says it on their watch. Uh, while you're in, if you ever are in an Australia post so you actually don't need a watch because it's always 1998 that's that's how you know uh, I, I don't know if you've been to a post office lately um, you could be forgiven they just kind of had them lying around uh, I don't know it, it's not inconceivable that these watches could have been found among the Andre Ryu action figures and Carrie Ann Kennelly foot massages uh, also you have to feel for Australia Post CEO the appropriate thank you gifts of this caliber are hard to find after all Amazon was sold out of parcels of land rezoned for the Western Sydney Airport this week so it's a bit disappointing so fear Mongers is getting a $3,000 watch as a thank you gift acceptable if you work for an organisation that's owned by the government. Uh, Lewis Hubbard. I'd like to jump in on that one. Absolutely not. More should do it. Uh, I cannot stress enough that uh, if more government organisations should be giving their employees $3,000 watches, I um, I don't necessarily want to say who, but I, if anyone wants to do it, the ABC is there and I'm available okay, I, to receive yeah. it. Now, Lewis, does this, does this have something to do with you currently working for a government organisation? All I'm saying <laughs> is there's nothing on this wrist, you know what I mean? It's going a little hungry. Uh, it's I, lonely. It needs a Cartier. Yeah, but who wears watches? That's true. Yeah, yeah, I guess millionaires. I wear watches. I'm wearing a watch right now, you bitch. I don't get it. Why don't you just use your phone? I'm with you, Greta Lee Jackson, though it was really great on Twitter today. One of the uh, people who runs social media for Australia Post had a bit of a sense of humour and he was dealing with a dealing with some sort of complaint and said, I'm very light-wristed today. <laughs> I just thought that's really nice. <laughs> if they should have just, you know, usually in like tech startups they give you stocks and bonds or whatever, like yeah. they give you shares in the company. They should have given them $3,000 worth of stamps. No one would have cared. <laughs> that's right. And like, Putin it, isn't light-wristed as well, to go back to an earlier story. <laughs> and not just any stamps. They should give you like first proof stamps that go up in value. They, they can yeah. do. They can absolutely do that. They can absolutely some do of that. those weird coins that they always have tucked up the back. You know, like Kieran Perkins's first steps. There's <laughs> in question time today. Scott Morrison uh, said the CEO of Australia should stand aside, which she has. But why? <laughs> which is like the he got so outraged. It was so strange to see him get outraged about twelve thousand dollars but he didn't get outraged at all about sports rorts. Uh, That's why he asked her to leave. He's like, if you're going to rort, rort big. Go big or go home. Yeah, if you're going to rort, you know, have a gas-led recovery. A stamp-led recovery would be fine. If you just invest, uh, if you just give like a a couple of million dollars to a coalition seat to build a women's change room for a sports team that does not have a women's team, 
A-OK. But watches, the time's up. Irrational fear. You turn on CNN, it's all they cover. COVID, COVID, pandemic, COVID, COVID, COVID. You know why they're trying to talk everybody out of voting? People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Your fear is rational. Last weekend on Twitter, the internet decided that out of the four shirtless rich white men named Chris in Hollywood, Chris Pratt was the worst, coming in behind Chris Pine, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. All the celebs you can imagine came out to defend Chris Pratt against the joke meme. It forced the Avengers to once again combine on Twitter to defend his honour. In the next round, though, Pratt will have to go up against Chris Lilly, Christopher Pine, Chris Brown and Dr Chris Brown. Um, Now, Nina, is dumping on Chris Pratt worth it? Yes, yes. (laughs) I think his reaction was dumb as hell. Also, can I just say Dr Chris Brown would totally be the best Chris in that second lineup that you said. (laughs) Um, But I think my thing is, like, it it was the worst Chris out of four Chris's you're just the fourth best Chris in the world. <laughs> Why is everyone so angry? It's quite a good thing to be the fourth best Chris. And you know, there already is like a show. It's You're not even the most hated Chris. Like there's a show called Everybody Hates Chris and it's about Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the fact everyone got so angry about Chris Pratt, I don't, I don't understand. I think it's, it's just fragile egos, to be honest. Can you imagine, though, like being being one of those Chris's, spending your life going, I just want to be an actor, I want to be a famous actor, I want to be a Hollywood star, and then you finally do and you're one of the most famous people in the world but you're still not even the most famous Chris? <laughs> like it must be so annoying that they all came up at the same time. Like Chris Pratt is a fucking global megastar. Yeah. He is like he's a Jurassic Park superstar. But- and they're not. The they're not voting. But they're not voting on fame. They're they're voting on like best, as in like best personality. I think that's because. Oh, yeah. the, and sure. the reason is because Chris Pratt is a known Republican, and that's why everyone's dunking on him because of his. Uh, slightly understated political views. Yeah, there's, it's very it's very polemic <laughs> over there. They're all like dunking on him because he's at Hillsong, and there's you know talk about how Hillsong aren't LGBT friendly. And it's true, he, they have conversion camps. Uh, and he's they're mm. dunking on Chris Pratt because he didn't go to a Biden fundraiser where all the other single Avengers went to this Biden fundraiser. Uh, <laughs> so it's real. It's you know, it, it, but he doesn't actually. He's not very overtly pro Republican. He's, he just kind of just drives a truck and shoots animals. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I've been to his Instagram um, for research, definitely not for <laughs> sexual purposes, um, but I was truly shocked at the amount of guns and right. stuff like that that was on it. I was like, oh, oh. It doesn't fit with his character from Parks and Rec, and that's when everyone knows him from. Mm. And he's this adorable puppy dog type character. That's what people have such a problem with. They're like, how can that be the same person as that? They can't separate the actor from the character, I think. It's because he got it. skinny. It's because he used to be a fat Democrat yeah. and now he's a skinny Republican. That's what happens. <laughs> that's why you should never lose weight. Because you, yeah. you become a right winger. He was in yeah. Zero Dark Thirty, right? So I feel like people should just try to watch that over and over again and be like, he kills people. Or he killed Osama bin Laden, so he should be, you know, you know, a national hero as well. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. But no one hates like you can't. People must be able to separate the character from the person because nobody ever dunks on Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, he plays every single evil person ever. Baddie, yeah, he does. He does a good baddie, Mendo. 
What are his p- political views? <laughs> I, I don't know. Huh? Don't, huh? Don't. What are his political views? <laughs> Who do I, I have to fight? Huh? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I also, how good, like, Chris Hemsworth um, at the moment, he basically just travels without a passport. Like, I feel like every time I open the news, it's like, Chris Hemsworth is in Tasmania. I'm like, what? No one's allowed in Tasmania. I just feel like Chris Hemsworth is can just show up anywhere, definitely in Australia, if not the world, and no one would ask a question of him. Just like, please go straight through. Oh, absolutely. It's something I bang out, I bang out about like uh, all the time is hot privilege. He's got hot privilege. <laughs> yeah, and that picture of him with a baby. In fact, I don't think that he has a passport. I just think he has a his baby, and he just brings it, and you just see a man that hot with a kid that cute, and you just it, your right. ovaries melt, your <laughs> testicles melt. It doesn't matter what what sexuality you identify as. It's just. You let him on the plane, Lewis. Ever since you had your your uh, your your jaw fixed, have you ever noticed that you have hot privilege? Because you would have a definite before and after. <laughs> yes, Dan. Doors open for me, as you can tell. Uh, I am. Have you um, had? Have you had your jaw fixed, Lewis? Yeah, I had when a. Did my this jaw. happen? Well, like this was like last year. He looked like um, Christopher Pratt, but um, like in, <laughs> in two thousand and one. Uh, but now he looks like Chris Hemsworth in twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying that. Uh, no, I, I had uh, a well, jaw. Well, I think you look exactly the same for what it's worth. Just a, Thanks, a fucking yeah, nerd. I, if, that, <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. See, Dan, as you can tell, the hot privilege uh, has opened a lot of doors for me. I'm still uh, getting absolutely dunked on by Nina Rayama. Irrational <laughs> fear. I was always getting in trouble for getting naked. They're like, you can't just pull your dick out. I was like, why? This is Irrational Fear. It's time for our feature interview. Our interview guest tonight on Irrational Fear has a brand new job after years of campaigning and working at NGOs all over the world supporting Indigenous peoples. As of this week, Tiano Tiuno is now an elected representative for the Greens Party in New Zealand representing Palmerston North. He's also a father of four. It's a real privilege to have him on the show because he stayed up late to be on. Kiora <laughs> Tiano. Hey, congrats. Congrats for staying up late, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I think I'm, I'm day four on the job, actually. I got elected on Saturday night. Yeah. So, um, oh, my God. I thought you were going to say I'm on day four of a bender, and I was like, man, that is crazy. That's why you're up on, so late. I'm yeah. on a day four parliamentary bender. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of, I've just landed, if you, if you like, from a, from a big, long campaign that was that was going, and then it got, it, it, we, it, we we did part of it for um, lockdown, and then it got extended for another four weeks. So it was like a bit of a long haul. But um, yeah, now we got ten green MPs in, and we're hoping to get a, a trying to get my buddy Steve Abel in uh, from Greenpeace. Um, so if the special votes go our way, we'll have eleven. Hey, can you give us a little bit of a rundown about how the differences between NZ and Aussie politics in 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 like a sentence or a paragraph? Good luck. Well, I, I, I work Australian politics from here, and it looks like one of the great mysteries of the universe. He does get into one over the other. But we're, we're, I mean, we've got a, a MMP system here, um, so it's so you have people that run for electorates, and then you have there's a proportion set aside for all parties uh, for part for a party list. So all the Green MPs we came in on the party list. So we got seven point five percent, seven point something rather percent of the vote, and that got us ten. Uh, that got us ten MPs. I don't know because you guys got state and then you got federal and stuff like that. But we've only got one house, yeah, not a bunch oh. of houses. 
Yeah, right. Uh, uh, now, my theory on the difference between US and Australian politics is that I'm not US, sorry, New Zealand and Australian politics um, is that people in New Zealand are just generally nicer and better people, and they elect good people because of that. That sounds legit to me. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could disagree. <laughs> I, the, watching the watching the, like the leaders' debate was. Um, I mean, I know that uh, you weren't involved, but it was such a stark contrast to the rest of the world mm. it was it was just a bunch of people agreeing with each other i'm like this is really? this is less contentious than a year nine debate in australia this is outrageous wow mm. like some people in new zealand were like oh that could have been better Let's <laughs> Let's oh, no. oh my god uh, no. yeah, yeah. I, I actually had the privilege of being we had our first uh maori so maori maori is the indigenous language of aotearoa new zealand so i had the privilege of being in our first the first ever televised Maori language election debate. So it was all in all in Maori. Um, right. That was good because it had like um, it had a real different kind of feel to it because it was because we had to like you know observe you know protocol and stuff like that. So we were we were uh, I wouldn't say polite but um, very indigenous with each other. So it was, <laughs> a, it, was, it, was a, it was a New Zealand first, and I was like I was really stoked to be part of it. <laughs> um, that's really awesome. Now, one of one of our listeners asked a question. They asked, "Why doesn't New Zealand embrace the democracy sausage?" Are you aware of this cultural phenomenon around um, around Australia's election? Democracy sausage. So does when, it, when they go on the barbie with the shrimps, that, that's it. Like when we <laughs> when we go and vote, we end up uh, getting a sausage sizzle at the community hall or whatever straight after, and that that's a symbolism of, of our democracy. But apparently, that doesn't happen in NZ. Do you know why? Oh, man. I could build my entire parliamentary career around this. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for the masses. But yeah, no, no, that's not a thing for us. Okay, now tell Is us. Are there any snacks at all? It was I, when I voted out. It was very snack free. Next <laughs> would have been good. Let's talk about um, the biggest question here: the, the Labor majority. It's been a big, uh, incredible win for Labor. How do you think, uh, as a Greens member, you'll be able to keep them uh, accountable? Uh, well, so they got, they got the vast majority of the seats. So in an MP, MMP system, they are they are the first uh, party to actually achieve a majority of seats. Um, so it's it's new territory for us, and uh, and within this political system as well. Um, so all the cards are all on the table for them. You know, they've got all the cards. Um, but you know, we've got our we've got our policy priorities around you know like on taking ambitious climate action. Um, ensuring that we do the, the, the best for people uh, who are underneath the, under the poverty line and making sure that as we move through the COVID crisis that, you know, there's the climate crisis and the, the crisis of biodiversity and across all of that, the crisis of inequality. So we've got our things that we need to keep pushing on as well. And uh, I, my guess is where we can work together, that, that would be areas that we would. Um, but Yeah, New Zealand, you know, I, it, we've got to do. NZ Labor seems to be, kind of on the front foot, or global leaders, if you like, when it comes to um, climate change and climate action. Um, in Australia, we're barely managing to do that, to do anything that resembles anything that looks like climate action. NZ is one of the few countries that is kind of committed to net zero by 2050. Australia is doing yep. net zero perhaps maybe by 2300, it's looking like. Uh, how do you think New Zealand can apply pressure to its neighbours like Australia to take climate well, action seriously? Is that... But um, uh, you know, we look, uh, us working with Labor in the last term, we did manage. We managed to get quite a 
few things over the line. So you have the zero carbon act, which is what you talked about, which is about putting that framework in place. But understanding that's just the beginning. You have the framework, then you've actually got to do the work, ramp up your your, um, your climate ambition, particularly for us in the area of agriculture. Uh, we also had the ban uh, of new permits on offshore oil drilling as well, which is really, really important. Divestment, um, a divestment in KiwiSaver, uh, in terms of those 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 companies that invest in fossil fuels as well, so these these are these are really concrete things that we have achieved. But in terms of pressure, uh, I, mean, I have a suggestion um, if, for applying pressure to our government. Look, I'm not one. I don't usually. I don't think countries invading other countries is usually a good idea. But um, would you ever just consider just like fully invading <laughs> Australia and just ta- just taking the fuck over? Because I just think you guys we are doing it so much better. We'd help oh, out. We'd like leave a few gates open. Yeah. Maybe I'll mention that you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a word in Cindy's ear and just sort of suggest just a casual war. Yeah, just yeah. a cheeky invasion. Like, we. We'd be on board. Well, I'll defect. I'll defect. It, it is kind of interesting because we all can't move to New Zealand like we'd like to, but maybe New Zealand could just make Australia New Zealand. That way, you know, we'd all be New Zealanders. That could be a great phrase. Make Australia New Zealand again. <laughs> maybe without the again. But. <laughs> you guys can be a suburb of Wellington. Yes, mate. Tell us a bit about your background and things that you're really passionate about and why you kind of got into politics after years of working in activism? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I'm not the first activist and I won't be the last activist to ever join the Greens. I mean, that's actually part of our <laughs> part of our tradition, our proud tradition. Um, I was uh, on the board of Greenpeace previously before this as well. Um, I've worked at the climate change negotiations. I was at the in Paris for the Paris Climate Treaty, for example. Uh, my background is in law, and I've worked at the intersection of Indigenous peoples and the environment for a very long time. Um, I've come up to Australia actually quite a few times, working with the Aboriginal activists. Got some uh, been up to Barralula, where they've been organised against the uranium mine up there as well, up at the Macarthur River. Um, so it got some um, long-standing relationships with some some good folks up that way. Um, it's just been my life. And um, some of the activists were like, oh, so you're still going to be an activist? And I was like, I'm getting a bit old. I can't really keep up with all the young ones on the screen anymore. Who's got to go do something, something that doesn't require that much movement? Um, so you like, can still train yourself to a tree. That's cool. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. Actually, one of our, yeah. the, the guy, Steve Abel, who was just after me, he actually, they were trying to cut down some trees up in Auckland and he was up a tree in the middle of the campaign trying to save some native trees. So, that's awesome. Oh, well, God, that puts me to shame. I'm a I'm a big clicktivist. I like to share things on Facebook. <laughs> is there and I hope that they reach people? If there's a petition, Nina will be there to support that petition. <laughs> I don't know, Tiana. Like, there's some there's been a good precedent of uh, of of newly minted politicians jumping in the activist game, like you know AOC jumping in that Sunrise Movement campaign in Nancy Pelosi's office in the, in her first few months. I mean, you can do it. What, what actions? Are you going to be doing in the next few months? <laughs> uh, well, we're just in the planning stage at the moment, like seeing what what formation the government will actually have, right? And then it's about sort of putting all those priorities in terms of all the stuff that we campaigned on and the things that we can get over the line are the things we can get over the line the things that we can't. That's when we hit campaign mode. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's all the things because um, – you know, we've got, like, if you look at inequality with people losing their jobs and stuff like that, making sure that 
there's enough there for people uh, so that people have the, all everything that they need uh, in terms of housing and food and all that kind of stuff and how that actually filters down and supports uh, children but also their families and communities. That stuff for me is really important. Um, well, Tiana, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. It's, um, it's really great. I've written you a slogan for your next um, next run. Yeah, It's not what you know, it's to you know. Yes, you can see that on the <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What is that? <laughs> it was a real pleasure to meet you. And uh, as a, yeah, uh, quite, I'm sure you could tell from our tone, we're all very jealous of your whole country and what you've got yeah. going on. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> I've been coming over to Australia working with like uh, Aboriginal activists for like over 20 years, one of my good mates yeah. here. And, and um, it's, Australia surprises me with the large number of really progressive people over there, mm. and then the rest. The absolute amount of uh, people are alive. That part of the spectrum as well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like what you can get done and what you can achieve in a country without a stranglehold of the Murdoch press. Yeah, where yeah. that doesn't exist, you know. Yeah. I know they always talk about the silent majority as being conservative, but I reckon they're actually progressive. Yeah, yeah, it's too ashamed to speak up. It is. I mean, yeah. it, it is strange. That's what I mean. That's one of the things that Ardern always goes on about saying that she'd never get elected if she was if she was in Australia and she'd just give up politics because it, because Murdoch Price would make it too hard to operate. Um, yeah, but I think like what how New Zealand is really tackling the challenges of. Uh, fossil fuel subsidies and and yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff as well is so important and really takes the power out of uh, out of fossil fuels inside parliament, which we don't have. Like our our government oh. is pretty much an extension of the fossil fuel lobby. Yeah, I noticed. It's yeah, it's not good. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and then there's that, and then there's all the other all the other issues as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. We were we were on board before. You pushed us too far. Our patriotism will kick in eventually. Yeah, Tiano, we didn't do one Kiwi accent joke this 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 session. We didn't do one. Well, big thanks to our fear mongers tonight, Nina Oyama, Greta Lee Jackson, Lewis Hobber, and Tiana Tiono. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks. Gang. Do you guys have do you guys have do you guys have anything to plug? Yeah. Nina, do you want to plug anything? I scared my baby. <laughs> Greta's like to plug her new baby. Uh, it's a great one. It's a really good baby. Nina, do you want to plug anything? Uh, the Chaser Report podcast drops every Thursday or Friday, depending on what we feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Greta, while you're mid uh, breastfeeding, do you want to plug anything? Quiet, and then I was like, "Thanks, Dad!" And I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Teddy could say. Teddy could say. Um, hello, 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 Teddy. <laughs> what a beautiful fellow. What a beautiful fellow. And Tiana, uh, do you, Tiana, do you want to plug anything? Oh yeah, shout out to all the uh, social justice and environmental um, environmental activists over there in Australia. Keep rocking. <laughs> and keep your gates unlocked on a date as yet to be specified. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, Tiano. Lewis, do you want to play anything? I'll uh, the no. <laughs> oh, please, yeah, we will. Uh, no, Dan, uh, same old, same old for me. 
Excellent. Big thank you to Maddie Palmer, Adam Boys, Killian David, Cam Williams, Kieran Costellino, and of course, Jacob Brown on the Teppanyaki timeline. Big thanks to Roadmarks, the Bertha Foundation, Go Neural, Patreon supporters. And until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.